Hello, hello. This is Kathy Colas Audiobooks, and today we have episode four of Operation Arrow Fletcher by James Burns. Carly thinks Ahmed is alive. Megan helps Carly out by taking the blame on the Dine and Dash. Carly goes in for another hypnosis session with Dr. Hayes and Slovak. Here we go. The ride back to Holy Oaks was uncomfortably silent. Both girls sat in the back seat, looking out the window and saying nothing. I blew it. There's no chance of me going home anytime soon, Carly thought. After a couple minutes, Dr. Hayes looked into the rearview mirror and asked, Is there something either of you want to say? Carly and Megan looked at each other. Come on, girls, Dr. Hayes said, raising his voice. Which one of you ran out on your bill? I thought... Carly began to say before Megan kicked her foot and leaned forward. It was me, Dr. Hayes, Megan confessed. I'm the one that ran out of the restaurant without paying. You? asked Dr. Hayes skeptically. I thought I saw my dad. I know that's crazy. I know he's gone. Well, if you know he's no longer with us, why would you run after a stranger? Dr. Hayes asked with a hint of sarcasm in his voice. You're going to be mad at me, but I haven't been taking my meds for a few days. Megan continued with her lies. I thought I could handle it, but I started having these weird thoughts at lunch, and before I knew it, I was on the street running after that guy. Dr. Hayes shook his head slowly as he looked at Megan in his rearview mirror. You have to stay on your medication, Megan. That's what keeps you from having thoughts like those. We'll have to discuss this further. Come in tomorrow morning. Part of your recovery plan involves you being responsible to take your medication. Looking at Carly with a half smile and sitting back in the car, Megan answered, Absolutely, Dr. Hayes, whatever you want. Dr. Hayes gripped the steering wheel as he steered the Cadillac down the snow-covered road to Holy Oaks. Without warning, two deer darted from a ditch onto the road in front of the car. They stopped paralyzed by the mesmerizing light. Hayes slammed on the brakes, slowing the car and stopping it. Eyes glowed green while the deer stared at the car. Then, with a flick of their tails, they leaped off the road into the bordering brush and pine trees and disappeared. Mama dear and her baby, Carly thought, as Dr. Hayes continued his slow drive to the hospital. Driving past the horse stables and up to the main entrance, He placed the vehicle in park and left the engine running. Instead of speaking, he merely moved his head to the left, letting the girls know to get out of the car. Both girls grabbed their backpacks and bags and headed out into the cold. Their breath rose into the air. Thank you, Dr. Hayes, each one said. Rolling his window down, Dr. Hayes said, See you tomorrow morning in my office, Megan. Yes, I'll be there, she replied. As soon as Dr. Hayes drove out of sight, Carly turned to Megan. Why'd you do that? I mean, you can get more time. You're so close to heading to the cabins. That could mean you would be out in 60 days. 
What happened today in Welchester would have set you back at least six months. Then, half laughing, she added, As for me, they may never let this crazy bitch back out on the streets. I owe you a ton. Let's go back to my room and we can talk. Better yet, let's go back to mine, Megan said. Just bought some new teas. I'll make us a cup and you can tell me why you're chasing dead people. Megan unlocked the door to her tiny room and stepped back. Guests first, she said, and followed Carly into the room. They placed their bags on the couch and stripped off their heavy winter garb. Feeling in one of the bags, Megan removed two tins and asked, Gentle Knight or Diamond Black? These are the two teas I bought. After what went on today, I'll take the Gentle Knight. Carly laughed as she walked up to the table, pulled out a chair, and sat. Tossing the unopened tea bags to Carly, Megan grabbed two cups, filled each one with water, and placed them into the microwave. She reached in a drawer and removed two packets of sugar and a spoon, setting them into the middle of the table. Who is this Ahmed guy again? Megan asked. I know we've talked about him. He was like the big brother I never had. The bell of the microwave went off, and Megan grabbed both cups of steaming water and placed one in front of Carly. Taking a seat across from her, she dropped the tea bag into her cup and said, Continue. I could have sworn it was him, but it couldn't be. My father told me that he had been killed in an accident. My mom told me it was a car accident, but it wasn't. I saw his car, and when I asked my dad about it, he said I was mistaken. Ahmed never had a funeral, or at least I never went to one. So you never saw this guy in a casket? Nope, never. Nothing was ever said about a funeral or memorial. Just sort of thought my parents didn't want me to deal with any more trauma. He was killed shortly after everything with Artie. He was a resident at my father's hospital while we were stationed in Germany. My father really took a liking to him, and he became part of the family. So if the guy is dead, why do you think it was him? Shaking her head with no real answer, Carly said, Not sure. Just thought it was him. My heart did that leaping in my chest when I saw him, and every bit of me believed it was him. But then that chain? I gave him a gold cross with a chain just like the one the cop was holding. Carly appeared puzzled. And this is another weird thing. I brought him up in my hypnosis session. You did? Why did he come up? Well, after the drowning, I was never allowed to go out in public by myself. Come to think of it, my mother was never allowed to go out by herself either. We had to be either with my dad or Ahmed. It was like he was my bodyguard. Bodyguard? You know something, Carly? Ever since you started this hypnosis stuff, you've had some real crazy-ass thoughts. Careful who you're calling crazy. I'm not the one who has to explain to Dr. Hayes that I see dead people. Megan dipped her tea bag in and out of the steaming water. Always looking for a logical explanation, she said, Ahmed was probably on your mind from the session with Dr. Hayes, and you just let it get the better of you. 
But what about the chain? There are thousands of chains like that. I have one myself. I really think this hypnosis thing has got you weirded out. You're probably right. Just a knee-jerk reaction. You want to talk about a knee-jerk reaction? What about me telling Hayes I thought I saw my dead father? Maybe I'll be lucky to get only six months tacked on to my stay. It could be more. I hope not, Carly said, taking a few steps to the sink. Hope it doesn't get too heated between you and Hayes. I really feel awful about this. Don't sweat it. You didn't make me do it. I just wanted to help the best friend I ever had. You have, Carly said. You really have. Holding the banister with both hands, the stranger hobbled up the stairs of his rented townhouse. Fumbling through his coat and then his pants, he could not find his keys. Damn, where the hell are they? Finally, he felt the cold metallic cluster deep inside his coat pocket. Opening the door, the warmth felt good as he limped into the kitchen and tossed the keys onto the table. No broken bones. He convinced himself as he proceeded to take the stocking hat from his head and toss it next to the keys. He pulled out a kitchen chair, unbuttoned his long wool coat, and placed it on the back. Lifting his sore knee onto the chair with both hands, he rubbed his calf up and down before reaching and removing his gun from the ankle holster. Placing the pistol into his front waistband, he proceeded to the bathroom where he drew a hot bath. The stranger was never without a gun. When her clock chimed 7 a.m., she smacked the snooze alarm and flopped back onto the mattress. Blue flannel sheets lay twisted back and forth in a letter S. Carly placed both hands on her stomach, quieting the nausea that twisted and turned. Uncontrolled thoughts jumped haphazardly in her brain. Will Megan get more time? Could that really have been Ahmed? What will the next hypnosis session be like? She let her legs drop to the floor and forced herself out of bed. Shuffling her way to the kitchen, she placed a pod of flavored coffee in its cradle and snapped the unit closed. Water trickling through the coffee maker gurgled, bubbled, and swished its way into her cup. Carmelito, love at first sip. Making her way to the bathroom, her eyes widened as the mirror revealed her appearance. Streaks of mascara smudged her cheeks. Long brown hair hung in separate clumps, as if she had come out of the shower instead of being ready to go into it. I look like a freak, Carly whispered to herself as she set her Carmelito on the ceramic sink. She took the cold cream from the shelf and massaged a gob into an eyelid. She removed the black smear with a Kleenex and proceeded to the next. The mixing handle squeaked as she adjusted the temperature of the shower. Carefully stepping over the tub ledge and pulling the plastic curtain, she eased her way into the warm deluge. Carly entered the cafeteria and grabbed a tray from the rack. She placed a warm plate and coffee mug on the tray and slid it along the stainless steel track. Surveying the breakfast bar, stomach still queasy, 
she placed one strip of bacon and a scoop of scrambled eggs on her plate before heading to her usual table. Oh, shit, Carly thought when the only one sitting at the table was Sally. What's up? You on a diet? She asked, proceeding to move her cell phone and purse, making room for Carly's tray. No French toast this time? No, I'm just not that hungry, Carly said as she slid the tray onto the table and pulled out a pink plastic chair. Where's everyone else this morning? It's pretty deserted around here. I'm thinking therapy or community service, Sally said, proceeding to cut her fried eggs and mix the yellow yolk into her hash browns. I've been sitting here by myself the whole time. Carly looked at the gooey mess of egg yolk and potatoes and turned her eyes away from Sally's dish. She pushed her tray to the center of the table. As if a sign from heaven, a text came over Carly's cell, allowing her to avoid interacting with Sally. Good news, where are you? Megan wrote. Cafeteria. See you in two. Carly tapped on the Welchester Post app, looking for anything about the accident. It was the first story. Pedestrian hit by motorist and then flees. By Mary Beth Meldon. Deputies from the Welchester's Police Department responded to a 911 call at 5.35 p.m. Saturday, reporting a pedestrian hit by a motor vehicle. The caller reported seeing a white male hit at the corner of 6th and Main. According to the caller, the man was hit by a sedan, landed onto the windshield, and then rolled off the hood. The pedestrian fled from the scene, presumably unscathed. Welchester PD is asking for your help. If anyone has information as to the pedestrian, please contact the department. Hey, there's Megan, Sally said, causing Carly to look from her phone. What's the good news? Carly asked as Megan pulled out a chair and scooted up next to them. Well, after you left my place, I got a call from Dr. Hayes. He decided we didn't need a meeting since no one was pressing charges. He felt we could discuss this over the phone. Lord, Sally interrupted. What did your crazy ass do now? Excuse me, Megan snapped at her. I don't think I'm talking to you. An awkward silence fell over the table. Standing up from the table, Sally gave Megan a derisive smile. Aren't we the bitch this morning? she said as she abruptly grabbed her tray and proceeded to leave. They watched as Sally walked to the conveyor belt and returned her tray. She grabbed the apple that was on it and dropped it in her purse. Ignoring them, she proceeded to the cafeteria door, her brown leather boots clicking on the tile floor as she had left the room. Eyes wide open, Carly turned to Megan and said, Well, that was awkward. I really wish she would quit messing with her. I can't stand a busybody. She's always up in people's business and butts in on conversations that have nothing to do with her. That's just the way she is. Enough with Sally. Why no meeting? Because I'm brilliant, Megan proudly said, feeling a little devious. That's why. Brilliant. I sort of got a feeling he thought there was more to the story than we told him. I think he was just going along with it, letting me take the blame. 
Did he give you more time? He was easy on me. No off-campus activities for one month. I told him the reason I didn't take my meds was because of him. Him? What's that mean? Carly asked, taking a bite of her bacon. I told him that the sessions with him have been so awesome and made me feel so good that I didn't think I needed the medication anymore. And he believed you? Carly said incredulously. You're such a good liar. I know he loves to hear praise, so that's what I did. I also told him that I didn't think I would have come this far without him. Carly paused, then said, Thanks for taking the blame. You know, if Hayes thought it was me running after a dead person, this would be my permanent residence. He'd never let me out. Oh, I can't let that happen. Ever since I met you, I feel I have a future. Touching Megan's hand across the table, Carly looked at her and said, We do have a future. We talked about this. You'll come and live with me. Well, that's what's keeping me going. A text came in over Carly's phone. Megan watched as Carly's eyebrows raised and she read the message. It's Dr. Hayes. He wants to do another session early this evening when he gets back from his field trip with Savannah Ray. Concerned, Megan asked, Are you ready for this? I mean, you can't let on what you overheard. I know. I'm not sure what I'll say once I'm hypnotized. I guess we'll find out. Well, text him back. Tell him you'll be there, Megan said reassuringly. What time? Five. Go in there and act like you know nothing. Play the game, Carly. Isn't that what you always tell David? Just play the game and... You'll get out of here, Carly finished. I know that's what I say, but this feels different. What do you mean, feels different? You know, like it's not a game. It feels more than that. I had that feeling too, Megan admitted, but I was afraid to bring it up. Carly rested her face on her hand. Yeah, I didn't want to bring it up either. I guess we won't know until I go back under. Megan looked at her watch. You've got about seven hours until your appointment. Try to stay positive and keep your mind off of it. Carly gave a half smile. Easier said than done. Hayes had already been at the office for over an hour when Slovak arrived. Morning, Alex. There's fresh coffee. Slovak walked straight to the hutch without saying a word. He poured himself a cup of coffee, grabbing three packs of sugar and flipping them between his fingers. He opened them one by one and added them to his morning brew. Stirring his confection-laden drink, he looked up from his cup and said, Seems like we have a slight problem, Stephen. Any ideas? I've been thinking. Let's be proactive at Carly's next session. We'll let her know that during her last hypnosis that she, though confused, mentioned that she thought Artie had been murdered. We'll tell her that we already knew. This way we can get in front of her suspicions and ease her mind about what she heard me saying. Slovak tossed the tiny red straw into the can beside the hutch and took a cautious sip. I like it. Let's get ahead of it. Can we get her here this afternoon?
I already scheduled a session late this afternoon. I told her the field trip with Savannah Ray was going to end early, and I wanted to keep going since we had such a good start. Nodding in agreement, Slovak said, You know something, Stephen? We may just get out of this alive. When Carly entered the office, she saw Dr. Slovak wearing the same wrinkled khaki pants he wore the day before. Even the vest he wore had deep wrinkles. Come in, come in, Carly. We were just discussing today's session. Dr. Hayes took her parka and gloves, acting like the shopping trip and the visit to the police station had never happened. Cell phone turned off? Dr. Hayes asked. Yep, made sure before I came in. Dr. Hayes gestured to the unoccupied chair next to Dr. Slovak. Please, Carly, have a seat. You look well, Carly, Dr. Slovak remarked as she walked to the chair. Though her stomach was knotted, she kept calm. I'm feeling pretty good. I was very impressed with all the details you remembered a couple of days ago. I'm sorry that there's the possibility that your brother did not just drown, but that he may have been murdered. Carly's heart wrenched as she forced a reply. I'm dealing with it. Not easy, but I'm dealing with it. You know, Carly, it did not surprise me that during our discussion after the hypnosis that you felt Artie had been murdered. Why not? Because I already knew. Carly's face became flushed, her eyes pinned to his. How's that possible? You see, my dear, when you were telling us about losing Artie at the playground, you shared placing your feet inside the trucks you were following. Does that ring a bell? Yes. I suspected there was more to the drowning than it being an accident. My job as a therapist is to not put things into your mind because it may influence you. I need to let you find the answers and come up with your own conclusions. Is that why you acted surprised when I realized Artie was murdered? Exactly. I had to let you discover that, not me inferring it for you. The furrows in Carly's forehead disappeared, and she sighed. Shall we continue? Dr. Hayes asked. Yes, I want to know what happened to me. Slovak grabbed his notepad that was tucked in the side of the armchair and scanned his notes. A slight pause occurred as his index finger ran down the list until he stopped at a highlighted name. Bo. Dr. Hayes informs me that you have a boyfriend and his name is Bo. Yes, we have a place together in Corktown. We thought it might be good for you to go back to the time you first met Bo. Dr. Hayes tells me he was a wounded vet and that you met him at Walter Reed Medical Center. Yes, that's right. I was a candy striper. It was a very emotional time in my life working with the wounded vets. A lot of highs and lows. Well, that's what we want. Dr. Slovak said enthusiastically. Emotional feelings. Raw feelings. I certainly have memories of Walter Reed. Perfect. Let's get started. If you will go and lie down on the couch. Carly unfolded her hands and got up from the chair. Dr. Hayes dimmed the lights as she lay down on the couch. 
like before. I want you to focus on the soft white light above your head. Dr. Hayes, would you start the recording? We're going to go back to the time you worked at the hospital and met Bo. Remember, Carly, if at any time you feel the session is getting too intense or painful, you can end the session by saying stop and I will bring you out of the hypnosis. Yes, I know, Carly acknowledged. Focus on the soft white light, then close your eyes. Continue to take deep breaths. Relax and feel that relaxation move slowly down your body. Dr. Slovak's soft voice relaxed Carly and moved her deeply into hypnosis. Her mind became quiet, and soon she was at Walter Reed Medical Center. And there you have it. Don't forget, on Monday, we have Episode 5 of Operation Arrow Fletcher by James Burns. To check out more of my work, go to my website at kathycolas.com. That's C-A-T-H-I-C-O-L-A-S dot com. If you're an author looking to turn your book into an audiobook, email me at kathycolis at gmail.com. Let's talk. And if you like the podcast, please leave a review or share it on social media. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on Monday.